I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Today we'll be looking at verses, verse 16, just one verse today, verse 16. If you don't have a Bible of your own, you can grab one of the pew Bibles there and turn to page 141 in the pew Bible, page 141 in the pew Bible. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, please take that pew Bible and that's our gift to you today. We want everybody to have a copy of God's word, so please take that and use that. Deuteronomy 5, 16 page 141 in the pew bible respect for authority begins at home right respect for authority it starts at home i learned to show respect for authorities at home my parents taught me to respect my elders to respect my teachers to respect police officers to respect those in charge over me whether it be an employer or supervisor, or whatever, they taught me to respect authority by teaching me to honor my father and my mother, right? They taught me respect for authority by teaching me the fifth commandment and making me (laughs) obey it, right? Uh, My parents made me obey. I was going to honor them. So uh, that's where respect starts, right? Respect for authority, it starts at home now today we are looking at the fifth commandment honor thy father and thy mother Uh, we've been going through the ten commandments as we're working through the book of deuteronomy and the ten commandments they have two parts they have two parts most of us realize this the the first part of the ten commandments the first half of it if you will the first four commandments deal with our relationship to God so how we relate to God and we've covered that with the first four commandments and then the final six commandments deal with our relationship with other people how we relate to others I've already mentioned before that this is a a kind of a bill of rights built into this old covenant and uh, as whereas our bill of rights here in America deal with our individual rights God's Bill of Rights deals with others, right? It deals with God's rights and other people's rights more than our individual rights. But uh, the first half deals with God. The other ha- second half deals with our relationship with others. And as you begin to look at these two parts and really kind of get into the mechanics of it, the specifics of these different commandments, you begin to see that really the first half right our dealings with god how we relate to god is also reflected in the second half and how we relate to other people for example we've already looked at god's authority you'll have no other god before me god is the ultimate supreme authority in our lives we looked at god's dignity you'll not carve make a carved image of some unworthy thing in creation some powerless thing in creation to represent an omnipotent all-powerful god that would be to to disrespect him and degrade him so it's concerned with god's dignity and honoring god in the way that honors who he is Uh, the third commandment dealt with our commitment to god you'll you shall not take the name of the lord your god in vain Right? You're committed to honoring God and upholding His name as holy. And then that last commandment last week, the fourth commandment, deals with God's rights and privileges. God has a right to a day, a day that's reserved to worship Him and honor Him. He has that right as our Creator and our Redeemer. So we are to uh, keep the Sabbath day and keep it holy. We're to worship God on the Lord's day. And as we now get into the second half of the Ten Commandments, the second part of the Ten Commandments, uh, we begin to see these same kind of things emerging from, emerging from the, these final six commandments. It shows, us a, uh, it shows us how to relate to human authority, which we're going to see today. 
how to deal with human dignity, respect other people's dignity, our commitment to one another, and then the rights and privileges of others. So we're going to see this as we go through these six commandments. The fifth commandment, as I've already alluded to, deals with authority, human authority. And this fifth commandment teaches us the general principle behind the fifth commandment is to honor governing authorities as appointed by God. We are to honor governing authorities as appointed by God, right? It's not just dealing with father and mother. It's dealing with all of those authorities that God has appointed over us. But the very the kernel of, of all human authority, right? The, the beginning place is the home. So that's where we start with honoring our father and our mother. So I want to look at this commandment and, and show you this more in depth as we go through this this morning. And as we look at this, I want to show you three dimensions of the fifth commandment. Three dimensions of the fifth commandment that will hopefully bring this out into, into greater light for us today. So, now if you found your place there in God's Word, Deuteronomy five sixteen, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's Holy Word. So hear the word of the Lord. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord, we do pray that you would write its eternal truth on all of our hearts today, Lord. Lord, open our eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. And Lord, give us hearts willing to obey your word. Lord, let us conform to your word as we strive to conform to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Bless us now in this time, I pray. In Christ's name I pray, amen. You may be seated. So as we begin to look at the three dimensions of this fifth commandment to honor our father and our mother, first I want to notice the practice of the commandment. The first dimension is the practice of the commandment. How do we practice this commandment? How do we fulfill it? Well, as we look at that word there, honor your father and your mother. Honor is the, the Greek word kavod, uh, but it, this word here, it carries this idea of being heavy are weighty in this case it has this idea of weighing someone down with honor and respect weighing someone down weighing mother and father down with honor and respect you're just lavishing on them you're covering them with honor and respect that's the idea of this commandment but we, we need to understand that honoring, weighing them down with honor and respect, this is not simply an attitude of respect, right? Because we could say, oh yeah, I respect my mom and my dad. But actions speak louder than words. There's a lot of people who say, well, I love my parents, but their actions say, mm, maybe not. Right? You can tell someone you love them, but if you slap them in the face... If you beat them down, that's probably not an indication of love, right? Uh, words, actions, they kind of show more of what the heart is feeling. So when we think about that then, I want us to see three tangible ways now that we honor our parents. Three tangible ways that we weigh our parents down with honor and respect. And, and the first is respect, right? To respect our parents. To respect our parents. And, and again, not just saying, oh yeah, I respect them. But showing respect for our parents. Showing that respect for them. And we show respect for our parents in word and deed. In word and deed, and Scripture demonstrates this for us. 
in word. We respect our parents in word. Leviticus 20 verse 9 warns this. For anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father and mother. His blood is upon him. Right? To dishonor parents in the Old Testament, that was a capital offense. It was worthy of death. And here that it clarifies that this Leviticus text clarifies that to curse your parents, right? To speak ill of your parents is breaking this commandment. It is dishonoring them. We're not to curse our parents. We're not to disrespect them with our words, but we're to honor them with our words. And so words do matter. And we're to speak to our parents respectfully. We're to show honor to them with the words out of our lips. I can remember as a child just thinking about disrespecting my dad and... You know, I heard the sound. The, the belt was coming. He was going to show me respect, right? Well, I, we, we honor our parents by how we speak to them. We don't speak down to our parents. We, we don't curse them. We don't, we, we don't show disrespect to them through our words. We're to respect our parents with our words, but not just our words only, but also with our deeds. Exodus 21 for example, Exodus 21, chapter 15 tells us, whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Here's the deeds, right? If you strike your parents, if you dare to hit your parents, in the Old Testament is a capital offense. It breaks this commandment. It dishonors them. So our, instead of showing our parents disrespect by striking them, putting a hand against our parents, we're to have deeds that show our respect, our love, our care for them. We're to hug them, kiss them, help them up when they need helping up. We, we give them a helping hand, right? We, we take action to cover them with honor and respect. So we respect our parents. This is one tangible way in which we honor our parents. But a second way that we show honor for our parents is obedience obedience now of course this has its limits to, to some degree right once we get married and move out then we're no longer under our parents household we're no, no longer under their authority so so some of that obedience kind of goes away now we're we're having our own household so we're under out from under that authority but especially when we're under that authority kids right as long as you are still in your parents household before you leave mother and father and cleave to your spouse, you are under their authority, which means you give them your obedience. You give them your obedience. Now, parents, as we will, shall see in the next chapter, chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, parents are to teach their children the ways of the Lord. That's their primary responsibility. As, as, as we raise up our children, parents, our primary responsibility is to teach them the ways of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. And these words, primarily he's speaking about these ten commandments, right? These ten commandments that I'm giving you. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So parents, your primary responsibility, and I think grandparents fit in there as well, you're, you're to help in that, and you're to teach your children the ways of the Lord. You're to raise them up to honor and to uh, give their lives to the Lord. Now, and, and of course, in ancient Israel, as we've already discussed, consequences of continual disobedience was very severe. Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 18 through 20, 21. If a man has a stubborn, a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his voice, the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, 
And though they discipline him, he will not listen to them. Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones so you shall purge the evil from your midst and all Israel shall hear and fear so here again to disobey parents to dishonor them through disobedience a capital offense in ancient Israel it was not to be tolerated now this didn't stick primarily as we read through the scripture uh, this was seldom probably if ever applied because they just didn't follow it right this was one of those they kind of disregarded but that was the commandment they were to to put their children to death if they refused to obey parents and by way of obeying parents obey the lord live in obedience to the lord that was a death sentence it was a death sentence so they, they god called for children to heed their parents uh, their parents instruction as they taught them in the ways of the lord again this has its limits it has its limits again as long as that is as long as the the child is living under his parents authority once the child comes out from under his parents authority and he he or she leaves mother and father and cleaves to their spouse then there's a new household there's a new house of authority and and now that 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 husband that wife they become authority for their children and they move out from under the authority of their parents now they continue to live in obedience to their parents as they continue to live in obedience to the lord because mom and pop has taught them how to obey the Lord and what it means to follow the Lord. And so hopefully they will continue to obey mother and father in that respect. But now they, are, they have formed their new governing authority in their own household. It also has a limit. Uh, children are, are to obey mother and father as long as mother and father are living in obedience to the Lord. Right? As long as their, uh, their commands are in obedience to God and follow and conform to the ways of the Lord. Of course, in our day and in our time, our society especially, and even back then, uh, times haven't changed that much, but, but we can imagine in our day and our time, a young lady getting pregnant out of wedlock, coming home and telling mom and daddy, and mom and daddy said, well, you need to go get an abortion. That is the society in which we live. At that point, that daughter has every right under God to obey God rather than her parents and have that child. Right? We, we obey father and mother as long as it doesn't contradict God. We obey that governing authority as long as their, uh, their command does not contradict God's commandment because we have no other gods over God, not even our parents. God is our ultimate authority, but our parents are that first, that first set of authorities, right, that God has ordained to be over the household. And so children are to obey their parents, honor them through obedience, as long as their parents' uh, commandments are in line with God's word and not contradicting God's word. So respect obedience number three here the third tangible way in which we honor father and mother is through care 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 for our father and mother right it, it doesn't honor for our, our parents doesn't end when we move out we continue to show respect for our parents even when we move out we continue to obey them as, as they have taught us in the lord we continue to obey them but we also continue to care for them to care for our parents you know jesus in the new testament he rebuked the pharisees in mark chapter 7 verses 10 through 13 jesus says to the pharisees for moses said honor your father and your mother and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die but you say pharisees you say 
If a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you had, would have gained from me is korban, that is, given to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your traditions that you have handed down, and many such things you do. So the Pharisees had this thing where if you just said, all right, everything I have belongs to the Lord. And so if they said that, if they pronounced everything they had belonged to the Lord, well, guess what? They, didn't no, they no longer had to take care of mom and daddy. Now, especially in first century, well, in, in ancient Israel, first century and before and, and for some while after that, and this is still the case in some places in the world, like having children, that's the retirement plan, right? They didn't have a 401K. They didn't have so-called Social Security, right? They didn't have any of those things. Retirement plan included you have as many kids as you can. You train them up in the family business, right? You raise them up in it, and you show them how to do that. And when you get old and you can no longer go out to the fields and plow yourself and and take care of yourself well guess what your kids have taken the business and now they provide for you you've provided for them now they provide for you and so children were to take care of their parents i know it's a little bit different today because we do have 401ks and retirement plans and all of that but guess what kiddos (laughs) that does not remove that does not remove your responsibility to take care of your parents right they took care of you they raised you they provided for you they allowed you to get started in the world and and you have a career because because they they helped you get there right and so when when they get older and then when they begin to retire and their health begins to fail guess what you've got to be there for them You've got to care for them. You've got to provide for them what they may need. It is your responsibility to honor your father and mother by taking care of your parents. We've got to do that. We've got to do that if we neglect that, right? And I see this going in and out of nursing homes. I've seen this. You've seen this. The nursing homes are loaded down with with people Men and women, their kids have stuck them in a corner and forgotten them. Oh, it's the nursing home's responsibility to take care of mom and dad. I'm out here doing my thing, and so I'm just going to leave them there. And it's a, it's a horrible thing to see these people in nursing homes longing for somebody to come see them. Longing to see their children. Longing to see their grandchildren. And there's no one to come. Those children are not honoring their mother and their father. They're dishonoring them. Nursing homes have their place. Surely they do. Right? There there is a time that some people need, need to go into the nursing home. They need that care. But they need their children to be in there interacting with them, making sure that they get the proper care that they need in the nursing home or the assisted living or wherever they may end up. Right? You, you, you don't get a right to ever take your parents and shove them in a corner and say, I've done my best. I'm going to go live life. No. No. We honor our parents by taking care of them. As long as they have breath in their lungs, we are to take care of them and love them and make sure they have the very best care that they can get in this life. So we honor our father and our mother through respect in word and deed, through obedience and through care caring for them now i want to remind us parents that parents we should also strive to be worthy of such respect we should also strive to be worthy of such respect and and paul enforces this for us paul in ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 he tells us fathers do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You're not to, we're, we're not to provoke our, 
uh, excuse me, we're not to provoke our children to anger. Right? We're, we're not to just say, oh, well, you've got you've to respect me. You've got to honor me, so now I can just do whatever I want to you, and uh, I can just treat you however I want to treat you and abuse you how I want to abuse you and say to you what I want to say to you, and you have to honor me. No, that's not the way. God's Word says, parents, you, you should be worthy of respect and honor. Don't provoke your children to anger. Don't be mean. Don't be hateful. Don't be ugly to your children. Love your children and raise them up in the fear and discipline of the Lord. Parents who are respectable are more likely to be respected. And so I want to encourage us parents, all of us who are parents, and there's a lot of us parents in here, as parents, let us be respectable, right? Let us love our children and, and let us be worthy of their respect and honor. We're not going to be perfect. We're never perfect. God doesn't expect perfection in us. But we should strive to live to be worthy of our children's honor and respect. So, the practice of the commandment, respect our parents, obey our parents, and care for our parents in the Lord. The second aspect of this commandment is the promise of the command. The promise of the command. Notice what it says there, honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you. That is how he commanded you back in Exodus there on Mount Sinai when he first gave this commandment. That, notice that, that, here's the reason, that your days may be long and that, you may, that it may go well with you in the land your Lord, the Lord your God is giving you. That your days may be long and that it may go well with you. In other words, here is the promise of the commandment, longevity, right? It may live long, and prosperity, that it may go well with you. That's the promise. The promise is longevity and prosperity. Now, we need to understand that we're in the Old Testament. We're in the Old Covenant. This is the Old Covenant. This is the covenant with God and Israel as they're going into the land of promise, the land of Canaan. We're no longer the people of Israel. West of the Jordan, waiting to go into the promised land. We're not that people. So there, there's some things that we've got to understand here. Uh, we are not under the old covenant. But it's interesting that Paul does bring this up in the New Testament. Paul brings this up again in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Paul's bringing this out as he's talking to this church that's, that's filled with both Jews and Gentiles alike in, in Ephesus. He says this is the first commandment with a promise <clears throat> that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. You see, Paul understands here that, that this commandment carries, it contains a general principle that is a general truth that is generally true even in life in, in general, even in life for us. And so, no, we're no longer under the old covenant. We're not keeping the, 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 cov uh, the, the commandment to honor and father and mother so that we can stay in the land of Canaan. That's not us. But yet, this, there's a general truth here even in this promise. And, and we can see this. We can understand this. Respectful children, for example, typically grow into respectful adults and are typically more successful and more happy in life. Right? If you're successful, you get along with people, you, you tend to be... Uh, you, you tend to get further in life. You, you tend to content. Uh, you tend, <laughs> my goodness. You typically be, ha, have a more enjoyable life. God tends to bless people 
who live in obedience to his word. He tends to bless people who obey their parents and, and honor their mother and their father. But in the same respect, we can see disrespectful children often grow into disrespectful adults and are typically less successful, less successful, less happy in life, right? They can't hold a job because they can't respect any authority over them. They have more problems with police officers, with the law, because they can't respect police officers. My goodness, you see this on the news all the time. I'm thinking, if you would just stop when the policeman says stop, if you would just drop the gun when the policeman said drop the gun, you would have lived. Right? We, we see a whole culture off against the police officers, but if people would just show respect for policemen, the problem would end. People's lives are cut short because they don't know respect. They have no respect. They've never been taught to honor father and mother, so they don't honor authority. They don't honor the police officer who tells them to pull over and stop and put down the weapon. They disrespect, and so their life is cut short. But when children are raised up in the Lord and they're taught to honor authority, to respect authority, they tend to get along better. They begin to, they, they tend to be more approved by their boss <laughs> who appreciates their respect and begins to give them a promotion after promotion and, and they begin to succeed in life and, and they, they typically live longer and happier lives because they know respect, they know honor for those authorities over them and of course when parents raise children in the ways of the lord they grow up to know the lord and they typically come to know jesus christ through their parents instruction they receive the gospel and they gain eternal life in christ jesus and in his eternal kingdom they have longevity, eternal life, and they prosper in God's glorious kingdom. Proverbs 22, 6 tells us, Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old. He will not depart from it. Children who are taught to honor father and mother tend to experience longevity, and prosperity in this life and in eternity. Not absolutely true, but typically true, right? There's always cases of, of that not being the case, but this is a typical truth, a general truth that we see coming out of the text. So if you want your children and your grandchildren to be successful in life, if you want them to grow up to, to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and, and gain eternal life by God's grace through faith in Jesus, then raise them up to honor father and mother and to live in the ways of the Lord. So we see the practice of the commandment and the promise of the commandment. Now, I want to show you the, the purview of the commandment. The purview, that is the extent. I just had to have a P, right? Uh, but uh, the purview, the extent of this commandment. And, and I'll let you know that we're going to see this when we come to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 18, through chapter 18 verse 22 because that's the 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 section in the deuteronomic law that corresponds with this commandment so we're going to see this come out when we we get there but i just kind of want to give you an overview a quick summary of this before we get there the extent of this command of this commandment goes beyond father and mother right it, it begins that's the the that's where authority begins in our life in this world, it's the familial authority. That, the, the family unit, that was the first government that God established. 
when he created Adam and Eve and he joined Adam and Eve as husband and wife, there was the foundation of, of, of civilization right there. The first government power right there in Adam and Eve. And as they had children, they held authority over children, over Cain and Abel and Seth and all of the other children that they had. They were the authority over their children. So that's where government begins, right? That's where governmental authority begins. It begins with familial authority. It begins in the household. Mama and daddy are the first authority under God. Mama and daddy are the first authority under God. God's the ultimate authority. Mom and dad come next. They're the next authority under God. But then there's also religious authority, right? There's religious authorities. There, uh, there's authority in, in the house of God, in, in God's kingdom, in the church. In the Old Testament, it was through the priest, the prophets and the priest. The prophets and the priest had that religious authority. They said, thus saith the Lord, right? They taught the people of God, God's word. And so they, they had that authority through God to God's people. And so it is in the church. God today has given the preachers Right? The preachers, the elders, the pastors, they are the, the leaders of the church and, and pastors have that authority in the church. There's authority there. I have my authority in this church as the, the shepherd of this flock, right? I, I'm to lead this flock in the ways of the Lord. It's not my authority. It's not my authority. It's not because of who I am it's not because I'm Richard Gamble from Warren, Arkansas. That means nothing to you. It's not because of who my mom and daddy were. It's because God has called me to say, Thus saith the Lord. Here's God's Word. And, and I'm to, as a pastor, I'm to lead the church by God's Word as the best I can. I'm not perfect in this. I'll never be perfect in this. But, but that's my task as, as your pastor is to lead you in God's Word, through God's Word, to try to accomplish God's mission in this world, in our community. And so I have that authority. I have that authority through God. Through God in this church. And so uh, you're, you graciously follow my authority, and I appreciate that. This church is, has been great in that respect. There have been churches, and I've, I've even been a part of churches. I've not experienced this as a pastor myself yet, uh, but, but I've been a part of churches that they, taught their, they treated their pastors like the hired hand, right? They treated him like the custodian. And, and whatever we tell you to do, pastor, that's what you're to do, and, and you're just to you, you preach this long and not a second longer, and, and, and you do this and you do that, and if you don't do that, then we're going to get rid of you. There's churches like that. Some of y'all probably know some churches like that. You, you've seen them even in our community. You see that. But that's not the way it's to be. Pastors have authority in the church. I'm not a dictator, right? We're, we're, we're congregation-led, so, so we vote on things and that sort of thing. But, but as your pastor, I'm a, a leader in the church. and there's, there's supposed to be some submission to my authority as I lead you in the ways of the Lord. Now, if I veer from the way of the Lord, again, you don't follow that. But as I lead you in the way of the Lord... You're to submit to my authority and follow that authority. That is authority given to a pastor through God. So there's familial authority, there's religious authority, and then there's governmental authority. There's governmental authority. Romans chapter 1, again, the New Testament brings this out for us. Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. Let every person be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur 
judgment. For rulers are not to not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then, then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God and an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. And so we're to obey, live in obedience to, and honor governmental authorities, those leaders who are over us. We're, we're to respect and honor President Biden. We may not agree with his policies. We may not agree with a lot of things that he does. But we're to respect him as President of the United States because God has put him there. God has put him there. Through his providential care, he has risen him to that position. So we can disagree with his policies, we can disagree with what he does, and we can argue against a lot of those things, but we're to respect him for his position as president of the United States. We're to respect and honor the mayor of Bastrop. We're, we're to honor those who are in authority over us. We're to honor police officers. Right? They're in a position of governmental authority over us. When they say stop, we stop. We say yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, and we obey them and honor them because they are in a place of authority, governmental authority. Uh, and that, I think, extends to teachers and, and all of those who are out there in, in public office serving our community. We're to honor and respect them. Again, we don't have to agree with everything. And we can even voice our disagreement, especially when they're going against God. We're not to stand for that. In fact, we're to disobey that and go another direction, but we're to do that respectfully. There is a respectful way to disagree with people. And so we must do that with respect. We treat people with honor and respect. We, how do we do that? Well, it's the same way that we did earlier, right? The same practice that I pointed out earlier. I'll just throw these out there for you. We, we respect them in word and deed. We respect them in word and deed. I love this little illustration in Acts chapter 23, verses 1 through 5. Paul is brought before the, the council there in Jerusalem. And looking intently at the council, Paul said, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him, stood by Paul, strike him on the mouth. And Paul said to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Are you sitting in judgment according to the, the law? And yet contrary to the law, you order me to be struck? And those who stood by said, would you revile God's high priest? And notice this, and Paul said, I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest. For it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. You see the change in attitude? When Paul realized he was high priest, his attitude changed. The way he addressed Ananias changed because he recognized Ananias was a, in a place of authority over him as a religious leader of his people. You see, we can disagree with people. We can disagree with our leaders and still be respectful and still show them honor and respect. So we respect them in word and deed. We respect them in obedience as far as they do not contradict God's word. When they contradict God's word, we respectfully disobey them. But we also care for them. We also care for them. I'll just finish reading that verse in, in Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. For the same reason, right? You're to live in obedience to them. And then for the same reason, you also pay taxes. 
For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are due, or taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. The reason we pay taxes is to support the government authorities. The reason you tithe in church, one of the reasons you tithe in church is to help support the leaders of the church. Me in particular, you, you help support me and, and care for me and I appreciate that. So we, we honor governmental authorities, familial, religious, and governmental authorities through respect, obedience, and care. So honor father and mother this is the basis of honoring all who are appointed by God to positions of authority. Honor governing authorities as approved and appointed by God. We are to honor governing authorities as appointed by God. That's our task as Christians. It doesn't end when we leave, leave home. We continue to honor governing authorities. We just move from one governing authority to another. We move out of our parents' governing authority to the a governing authority of the church and of the state. And we're still to honor those authorities whom God has placed over us. Now we recognize today that Jesus was the only person to ever fulfill this commandment perfectly. I can think of times in my life where I dishonored my parents. And I might have got a whooping for it. Sometimes they didn't catch it. But I know in my life I dishonored my parents. I know there's been times in my life that I've dishonored governing authorities whom God has appointed over me. All of us has failed to keep this commandment perfectly. Only Jesus has fulfilled this commandment perfectly. Luke, of course, we know that he perfectly obeyed his Father's will. Even go to the point of death, even death on a cross, he perfectly obeyed his Father and honored his Father, his heavenly Father, but even his earthly parents he honored them to the very end Luke chapter 2 verse 51 tells us that the boy Jesus lived in submission to his parents all the days that he was under their governing authority he was submissive to them then as an adult they're dying on Calvary's cross John 19 26 through 27 tells us when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, that is the Apostle John most likely, when he saw his mother and the disciple standing nearby the cross, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Jesus, as Mary's eldest son, was responsible to honor his mother and care for her, to make sure her needs were met as she grew older. Jesus was dying on Calvary's cross, fulfilling his heavenly Father's mission. And even in that moment, even while suffering, he looked after Mama. He honored his mama and he said, Disciple, John, I trust you. I trust you and I want you to take care of my mama just like, I, just like I'm supposed to take care of her. You take her and you take care of her. You honor her for me. In his dying breath, he honored his mama. Jesus obeyed this commandment in absolute perfection. Even while we have all failed. We have all failed in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And as we read earlier, dishonor for parents, dishonor for worldly authorities is a sin worthy of death, even eternal death. Jesus 
however, paid that penalty for us in our place so that when we, have, we realize our failings as children, we go to Jesus. And Jesus lived in perfect obedience for us. Jesus, through his death and resurrection, covers our failure so that we may gain longevity and prosperity in him. Oh, if you've realized the, the failure in your life to honor father and mother, oh yes, seek forgiveness while you have time. Seek forgiveness from your parents. But trust in the perfect honoring that Jesus did for you in your place. Put your faith in Jesus. And through Jesus Christ, you can be forgiven. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this word today. Lord, as we listen to this commandment and think about all the, the different dimensions of this commandment and, and how we are to honor our parents, Lord, we realize as we look back on our lives, I know that each and every one of us, as we look back on our lives, we can probably identify several places in our lives and maybe lord we even honored them with our words but in our heart there was contempt there was disrespect there was dishonor and we broke your commandment and we deserve death for that commandment but thank you lord god that you sent jesus to pay the penalty for our disobedience so that we may know the blessing of his obedience in your eternal kingdom. Oh, Father, help us even now. At whatever stage of life that we are in, to always honor our father and our mother, to show them the, the respect and dignity due them for simply being our parents. Let us honor governing authorities whether it be in the church or or in in society at large lord as long as they are are governing us in a godly way lord let us let us honor them and show them the respect that that is due them for the position that they are in and lord it is difficult sometimes when we disagree with things that they're doing to know how to show honor and respect but lord teach us in our hearts lord teach us to disagree in an honorable way in a respectful way lord again i thank you for the sacrifice that we have in jesus that covers our failures and certainly lord if there's any who do not know jesus they only know the the weight of the failure the weight of their disobedience. Lord, let them turn to Jesus today. Let them receive the forgiveness in, in Christ. Let them know your salvation through him. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen.